Welcome to Brightly Radiant Being, the show that wildly recognizes, encourages, and invests in the radiance we all carry so you can shine your brightest. Each episode, we use our good and bad experiences, friendship, and passions to inspire thought-provoking conversation and soul-driven advice to better help you create a life worth living and step more brightly into yourself, inch by inch. Hi, Tracy. Hey, Amy. So, how are how are you feeling? How are you doing? Like, really? I'm a lot. <laughs> Does that cover it? I'm just a lot right now. <laughs> is that a, if somebody ever here to be like, hey, how you doing? And they're just like, I'm a lot. <laughs> Do you want to pick a topic? No, I'm kidding. Um, Thank you for asking. Um, so yeah, I, I'm a little much right now, which you kind of get, uh, info dumped every time we do our pre-show meeting lately. <laughs> Thank you for your friendship and support and letting me record it this time. <laughs> um, so as I've alluded to, um, I, uh, have had some health stuff going on, um, about 15 years of a cyclical chronic pain situation. Um, that I, uh, through persistence and tenacity and being me, I got into the Mayo Clinic and they think they figured it out. Um, so I'm about to find out if we did, right. I'm about to find out some, um, I'm about to find out if some really significant choices I've made both this year and the past 10 years are about to pay off. And wow. Yeah. And so when I say I'm a lot, that's a huge part of it is not just like that normal, like, well, I'm going to have surgery, right? And everything that comes with that. But I've accepted or made a lot of trade-offs along the way on this journey to get this figured out. And uh, the outcome still isn't clear. (laughs) (laughs) and so right and it um, won't be for a while right and it won't be for a while um all of this could be for nothing all of this there's a we talked about superstitions in our last episode there's a big part of me that's like this is gonna solve every problem in your life (laughs) this is you're gonna get you're gonna win the lottery with this one it's you're gonna it's gonna fix problems you didn't know you had which (laughs) is not a reasonable mature thought but it's not a harmful one so it's not um but with that uh you know as we've talked a lot privately that um the outcome of this surgery is a bit more than physical that if this surgery doesn't fix it this is it for me where do you go after the mayo right like if if the mayo can't can't figure you out Um, I mean, the first thing, um, one of the surgeons said to me after hearing my symptoms, he immediately had an idea of what it was, turned and looked at me and said, your options suck. Um, and I knew in that moment he got it and that he knew he, uh, um, I had some ideas of what it it, it could be at the time. Um, and that to be so validating though, just for him to say that to you. Thank you. A lot of people I've shared that story with go, oh my God. And I was like, no, that was the best, like in the 15 year journey I've had, that's the first physician I've had that's acknowledged that. 
um, that hasn't approached it as I'm the puzzle master and I'm going to figure you out. Um, but also hasn't been like, oh, well, if I can't do it, then no one can. Um, so to just, to hear that really solidified though, that it's go time, right? That like all of the work, all the prayers, the wishes, the manifestations, right? Like this, I'm about to find out, (laughs) but especially by the time this airs, we have found out, um, we will have known for at least a week, um, you know, if, if they do pathology on everything, I'm not dying by the way, we'll, I'll get more into it after the show's not about that, but yeah, so there we go. Not dying. Um, you know, if, if the pathology checks out and me and my surgeons are right, I'll know in that moment, just based on the pathology, whether or not it worked, right. They'll be able to give a pretty good prognosis, but there's a chance of some gray area where I might not know for another month when the symptoms usually reoccur. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that in and of itself is, also a little frustrating that I go through this huge trade-off of surgery, right? Being cut open and I still might not get to know right away. Right. And that's overwhelming to know that that answer is coming and yet still so far away. Right. Um, But it's really, I'm trying to manage my expectations now of, you know, that wonderful beautiful scenario where it fixes everything in the world (laughs) um and then the terrible no good scenario where your options suck and I'm kind of left with where I I am pre-surgery but now with a surgical wound and bills and you know so when you say you're balancing that does that mean that you get stuck in the this will solve everything loop and then and then maybe the next day you get stuck in the this didn't solve anything loop or it's So when I, I'm more often in the latter in the, um, I think where I kind of hang out the most is where I've been the past 15 years. Um, but now I have the knowledge that this is the end of the road. This really is a dead end. Um, before I was presented with false dead ends, right. And had to find an alternate route. Um, this will feel far more concrete than ever before. And so how I get out of that is the you don't even know what problems this might solve. Right. Um, and my surgeons are the same way too. So it's kind of, it's kind of funny to picture them as well on this seesaw. Um, where the actual one doing the surgery on me is like, you're going to leave better than I found you because I'm going to look for things that aren't, you're not even saying are a problem, right? That you just get some bonus work done since I'm in there, I'm going to clean you up. Um, and then the other one, who has the knowledge of this, but won't be operating on it is like, we can make you worse. (laughs) Ah, Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) I need that. Right. Cause I don't want to get overly excited with the one who might not know what he's talking about in this situation. He's acknowledged he's never operated on this. He operates in this area all the time. It's all he does. But for this reason, he's never done that before. Mm -hmm. Very few people have. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what which I'm- is part of it, which was part of your, your, the history of the problem is yeah. that people either didn't believe you or they just said, it's, that's not what it is. You're wrong. Yeah. And so in the past, I just had that mindset of, no, there's a solution out there for me, or there's a yeah. better solution that I'm being given. And now it, like I said, it's go time and I'm going to find out like, 
all all the trade-offs you made along the way to pursue an answer I've given up things I've gone down one-way roads in a sense and um what I'm trying to balance right now is managing the expectation when I come out of it so all the emotions don't rush me in the moment right like I don't want to go into it thinking it's going to fix everything only to find out I'm worse than before for the first time right like I want to kind of consider it now but what's what's really been washing over me and the um kind of what this episode should be about is uh, god I've given some stuff up and can I handle finding out whether or not it was worth it uh, and yeah so that's where the trade-off is the things that you gave up in order to pursue this yeah if I find out I'm gonna be exactly where I was 15 years ago except now I have none of the things I could have pursued and I didn't pursue am I gonna be okay with that right am I gonna be okay with all the money I've spent all the time I've spent all the relationships I haven't cultivated I mean even the conversations I have had in the relationships I have cultivated, this has been the topic for 90% of the year has been my health. And, and I've, that's because it's been at the forefront of your yes. year. Yeah. That well, it and, has, or longer than this year. I mean, would you say this is probably the most I've ever talked about it in the time you've known me? Yes. Um, that yes. before I didn't have, and I, I still, I, I'm weary to, to say what it could be because it might not. Right. And so I don't want to go down that road, but yeah. not having the language to describe what you're going through. I've just avoided having conversations with people. Um, it's hard to be believed, but then it's also hard to be seen. Right. If you're not fully sharing. Well, right. And I think that you are adept at putting on a brave face, so to speak. And people don't even know that you're in excruciating pain when indeed you are. And I can only think back to how many times you more than likely were, but you didn't share it with me that you were. And that's funny because all I can think about in relation to this is like all the times I didn't show up for you or the show or do something I I said I was going to do because of this. Um, In hindsight, it always felt like a cop out. Right. (laughs) And then but then like the next time it comes about and in the moment, I'm more like what you just shared. And thank you, because that'll help carry me through, especially if this doesn't work. But I'm more like, God, how do you do that? Right. Right. So again, it's like uh, when it comes to trade-offs, it's all mindset. Right. And so uh, when it comes to a choice, like a choice, not what I'm going to have for lunch today. Right. But like a choice, would you say Mm -hmm. you're a decisive person? It depends on what it is. Okay. It definitely depends on the situation. If it's if it's like uh, the plot of my book, I would say no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, that is an interesting question. After you make Sometimes. a choice, do you wafer? Do you do the oh shoulda coulda woulda, or do you like no? I mean, like once you make a choice, is that your choice? So typically I think I take a while to formulate what the choice would be, will be. And Mm -hmm. then once I made it, then I'm in it. Then I've, that's where I'm at. Yes. And when you're thinking about it, do you think about the trade-offs? Do you think about if this, then not that? Yes. Really? Mm -hmm. I would have thought you were, well, how we, not for, I'm, Again, it depends on what it is, right? But you seem yeah. like a just 
go forth and do it person and yes. consequences and- be damned I because you know you can handle them right um whereas I seem more like a planner on paper mm-hmm. you are more of a planner and there are times that I am just oh just go forth and do it but I think the older I get the more I um appreciate a plan and the forethought whereas I think in the past I was very much more so like just do this. Like now, does it irritate me when it takes someone else a long time to make a decision? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So for me, like some things like the car I'm currently driving, Mm -hmm. um, the car that I had the intent of driving into the ground, I drove it into the ground two months after buying a house. I was so decision fatigued, not from the house buying that actually intuitively, I knew that it was a zero choice. It was mine, but every choice you make after that, my brain was fried. So when my car broke down, I just called someone in my life who I knew loved new cars and like hangs out at car dealerships and like regularly buys new cars. And like, they know her by name and she follows all the local dealers on YouTube and social media. (laughs) And I just called her and I was like, I'm ready to invest in a reliable car, right? Like I'm ready for my first car payment ever. Where should we go? So she took me to Toyota. We drove something. And I was like, mm, I don't hate it, but it's a walking blind spot. There's a Subaru dealer over there. Everybody I work with drives a Subaru and they all love their Subarus. I asked to test drive a car. He said, what kind? I was like, a SUV. He said, like, okay, color. And I was like, I don't care. And he's like, specifications. I was like, it works. Like that's, that's where I'm at right now. Right. So he brought me a Subaru Forester white, like the first one he pulled, it wasn't on the lot. It was kind of in a, like it had to come from their, their side parking lot or whatever. I test drove it for 10 miles and then filled out the paperwork and bought it. And for me, everybody was so surprised, but I was like, you know what? Subaru is a trusted they're trusted, right? Like it's a trusted name. They got good reviews. I don't have to consumer report this. I know, right? People I know have it and like it. It's a car. I can sell it. And everyone in my life was, and even my grandma was just like, who sat next to me. She's like, you're just buying it right now. And I was like, well, I can't have you drive me around forever. I need a car. Like, I feel like part of that though, part of the ability to make that decision. Well, first of all, yes, you had to make the decision. You were decision fatigued, but you also had sort of an experience and a knowledge behind you that afforded you the ability to just make that decision right away. And I I haven't second guessed it. I haven't thought of any, like, even when there's things in it that annoy me, I'm like, oh, it's a car. Right. And like, same with my house. It's like, oh, this is my house. It just showed up. Right. Um, But then there's other things in life where like what I'm going through right now, where, like I said, the trait, what I, the choices I didn't take kind of are haunting me in a way. Um, And again, appropriate for the last episode that we did on superstition, but so they're haunting you because there's no way to go back in time. You can't take it back. You can't take it back. And it's more like, past Tracy went through so much to get here and like part of me understands she's the one that will experience the win she is in the room with us today she is she is but there's another part of me that feels like 
I've failed her in the present if this doesn't work. Oh, and I don't see it like that as all, at all. I see it as you fighting for her every step of the way by not giving up, by not giving in, by just continuing to pursue this. And that this is what, this is sort of like the final thing. So I don't look at it as you failing her. But then I feel like for me, if I think about past decisions, it's not like I'm tra-la-la, that's in the past. And even if I have moments of, gee, I wonder what if, there's a bigger part of me that says, but you didn't do that. And there's a reason why you didn't do that. And you're on this path for mm. a reason. So I think I feel more like, I remember one time, and my mom asking me, and I think I was 14, <laughs> like, is this the right, do you think this is the right decision? And it was a pretty big decision. And I said, mom, no matter what you decide, that's the right decision because it'll be the decision that you make. And that's just it. Like when I picked a college and I got there and it wasn't right. I didn't regret the choice I made. I just made a new choice and left. Right. And there were other people in my life a few years later in a similar situation where their parents were so consumed by the optics of transferring a college and that that was seen as a failure or that it wasn't worth the effort and to just stick through with your decision that it caused a riff in the yeah. family because I was on the other side going it would have been worse for me to stay and here's how easy it is to move right and like I've never paid attention to anybody in my life and been like oh you transferred college right but I also you know after I transferred they messed up my financial aid and it turned out I couldn't afford it that my mom had gotten married and everything from my first semester there to me coming back there was no way I was going to be able to afford coming back and it just wasn't going to work and so I didn't regret either choice. I took a year off and then I went to a new college and finished there. Right. And so I think why this is top of mind for me is this is the first time in my life where I'm like, oh, you might have a regret. And that that's hard. Yeah. I've like right now I'm just preparing for a major disappointment, but I'm worried that it might shift into a regret and that thing you can't take back. Have you made choices you regret? Well, probably as a teenager. Because they say, I mean, a saying that I've hated forever is like when you're on your deathbed, you you people always regret the choices they didn't make. And I'm like, I'm sure they regret some they did, but then it's that trade-off thing and how you word it and your mindset, right? Yeah. And I mean, I think it also depends on the things you actually did do and went out. Like maybe some people don't regret anything, but I, I feel like once again, my mindset is one that I feel that regret is a waste of time because it's something you're, you're, you are giving energy and emotion to something in the past. And you, and since it's in the past, you can't change it. You can only heal yourself going forward. So when you're making a choice, do you try and avoid regret? Or is that not even a part of the process? Well, one would hope that the choices I'm making would not lead to regret. 
However, I don't know that in the face of a choice, we necessarily think about regret. I don't think that if I have a choice, I'm like, oh, but are you going to regret this? So like, now, I will say like, there's one thing that pops up in my head every once in a while that has nothing to do with anyone's, you know, I don't regret my first marriage because I, why would I regret that? I was in love. We were in love. There was love. I had yeah. two beautiful children. I have a stepdaughter. Like I do not regret that at all. Um, it just didn't turn out how you initially hoped it would right, be the choice. Right, yeah. Right. Things right. changed. Exactly. But one time I was, I had applied for this position at some real estate office. I don't know. And I didn't get it. And then a week later, I got a phone call and they were like, I want you to be my assistant and you'd be my assistant for a year. And then you'd work up to be this real, like a real estate agent. And I had just gotten this other stupid job. And I was like, that's okay. I've got this other job. And and this is like when I was, I you know, I wasn't even 30 yet, I don't think. And so even now, 30 some years later, I'm like, man, I wonder what would have happened if I had taken right? like, that. Where would, okay, so next question what's the oh. longest you've had to wait to know if you've made a good choice so I'm this has been going on for 15 years but yeah. the choice I made was a decade ago almost to the day probably I was 28 years old okay and so you know when we talk about regret or choices right like relationships is a huge one people regret letting someone go because in hindsight they seem better than what you did yeah, right like every everything's fake that, news just right? if you're wondering all right um <laughs> jobs are really common right I regret yeah. not getting it not going for it not taking an opportunity right mm -hmm. like that's a huge thing with regret I think is missed opportunity more so than it didn't play out um yes because you can start over like yeah. right and so for me, it would have just been huge opportunities, I feel like, I I didn't pursue. Okay. Um, school, what school you go to, if you go to college, if you pursue higher education, purchases, homes, cars, where you live. But just like, what's the longest you've had to, to wait to know if it was a good choice or not? Or I don't is know it... that there's an end date yet. Really? <laughs> um, or do you like, do you just make the choice and it's done? That was a good choice, right? And it's not until it, choice I made. it sours and... that you think about it. But even if it sours, it still was a good choice at the time. It was the choice I made and I made it for a reason. And so it's, I'm not trying to like gaslight myself or anything like that. It's that no matter what, even if, if like I make a choice and then like, I have, I don't know, let's just pick something simple. I make a choice to go to some get together, some party. And I don't really have that great of a time. And in fact, I'm like, wow, I actually wish I would have stayed home and just read. That's still, it's not that I regret that choice. It's that now I go, remember this next oh, time. Now I now that I have this information, yes. but let's say you would have stayed home and been reading and been like, I really could have used some fun. I should have went to that party, right? Like in both yeah. instances, you don't know how the other one would have actually played out, right? Right, right. This is not, it's a wonderful life. Yeah. So how do you handle that uncertainty that comes with making a significant life decision? 
is there a way to manage uncertainty? Wow, that's a good question. Is there a way to manage uncertainty? I guess I feel that all of life is uncertain and that at any moment, anything can happen. So nothing is ever certain in our life. And so the way that I manage uncertainty is just to acknowledge it and to try and just be in the present moment. Because I I don't know if it would be classified as uncertainty, but like I try to reduce as many unknowns, right? We have our known unknowns and unknown unknowns. Well, see, here's a, here's a key fact that everyone needs to know, right? What what work do you do? I'm You're I'm in, in risk management, and yes, this, so some right. of these terms are we're mitigating risk. Risk is both threat and opportunity. Hey, heads up, boss Ken. I'm teaching people the word risk isn't bad. <laughs> threat and opportunity but so yeah so for uncertainty and even before I got into risk management like for me whether it's planning a trip or this decision I made I I like to know specifically what I'm giving up before I make my choice I want to make a very data informed or data driven decision that if I do this this is what it'll look like most likely and if I do if I what I'm not doing. Right. And I want to know exactly what I'm not doing so that I'm making a conscious intentional choice. And I think that's, what's so hard about this is it was so thoroughly informed and it's gone exactly how I thought it would go so far, except now I'm, now I'm going to find out if it pays off. Right. So I'd like to change my answer because I, I I still stand by, you know, life is uncertain and to be in the moment, but I actually, have um I actually do more things like you do now I do like to you know like when we planned our trip to Paris boy everything was just like this is this that is that we've got our itinerary we've got this we know what day we're going here so that we did mitigate risks um and try to figure out the unknowns so I will say you have rubbed off in a good way for the those yeah. kinds of things, but go on with, so, so I just want to talk about like the fact that this, you have done pretty much everything that any human being could do to mitigate risk in this situation. I think where the potential regret could come is, could I have done both? Could I have pursued this track and also the burden so the one of the choices I made was like um pursuing an answer not just a band-aid temporary series of treatments that could cause new issues but pursuing an answer and a treatment that's what I I wanted first I want to know what it is and then if there's a way to fix it no matter the risk I don't want another 20 30 years of this I'll take the risk of fixing it the pursuit of that has eaten up all of my time, a significant portion of my energy and a lot of money and resources, right? There are plenty of other people who have pursued a life that isn't just about their own healing and done other things in the meantime. And I know like I have gone to school, I have done other things, but they've all been things I could do slowly and didn't involve a relationship with another person or raising a child or pursuing certain hobbies or careers or things like that because I knew both I'm chronically in pain and, and have, you know, I, I am ill. Um, 
and then the seeking of that out and then also the constant up down of it right um and then while trying to treat myself or find treatment options in the meantime to just get through it and that when it is really bad I miss work and I have to make up work right and so it's but there are plenty of people who have this in in different places in different ways who have pursued a life right and who have made certain choices um and so I think it if this doesn't solve all the world's problems for me, <laughs> I'll be wondering, like, should I have tried harder to do both? Um, whereas in the moment and every year I have kind of checked back in on that decision and sometimes I've kind of played around with making a new choice or trying it. And I've just decided, like, to be kind to myself, right? And to just, but like a life that's only about you <laughs> is hard. Um, One of the things, you know, you asked earlier, like, where do you get caught up in your head? Like, one of my fantasies right now and that's pushing me through there's a potential they might write a paper about this this could really help advance medicine in this area and other people and other people and that will be so huge for me because as you shared two years ago I was told one so there's two different things I could have or simultaneously two years ago I was told by a very competent skilled uh, experienced group of physicians wasn't a thing. Um, and five years ago, I was told the other thing by, again, very competent people did not exist and was not a thing. And even if it did, there was no way to treat it. Three years ago, I had surgery to look for it and they told me they couldn't find it. Whereas now at the Mayo and with the access they have, they think they found it in an MRI scan. I've had plenty of MRI scans in 15 years. And so part of this is the advancement of technology and medicine, but um, for me, what's carrying me through is just like the excitement of somebody else not having to go 15 years that potentially this could help train current and future doctors. Um, because when they tell me how rare it is, I don't think it's rare. <laughs> it's taken me Agreed. 15. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've been screaming for years about what this is. I think Um, what's rare is people acknowledging doctors being aware of it and acknowledging it and being trained in it. And and I I have, I will say, I have had plenty of physicians who have acknowledged it's most likely is what we think it is, or it most likely is something. It's not that they don't believe me. There's Mm -hmm. just nothing we can do about it, which I refuse to accept, right? Um, but so right now, yeah, I'm balancing all those fantasies of what this could be while at the same time, just knowing like 28 days from today, I find out, right? Like, and for the first time I, you know, um, it's just, I think like you said, with the relationship stuff, um, when you got in the relationship, your hope, when you got married, your hope was that you you got married. You expected mm-hmm. it. I don't think you expected it to end in divorce. No. You knew that was that could happen, but that's not what you were you're aiming towards, right? Um, and so right now it's just like that outcome. I'm so aware of the outcomes. Um, but yeah, so it's a balancing act when it comes to trade-off, but I'm worried about future Tracy. And if this doesn't play out, right? Like I know my mindset, I'll have support. I can deal with the disappointment, but how will that affect future decision-making? Will I suddenly make decisions out of fear? Will I continue to have the courage that I've had the past 10 years to just boldly make a choice and pursue it? 
that is a good question and one that you can't answer right now. Do you let fear make it, uh, does it affect your decisions? Like when I, as much as I knew this was my house, um, as soon as, uh, I got off the phone with my realtor and was like, yep, make the offer. I pulled over on highway 100 and almost threw up and had to call my dad, um, my stepdad. And I, I, and he, and I, I wanted to do the thing where I just called my family and was like surprised I bought a house. And instead what I got to do was from the side of a freeway, having a panic attack, first one in my life, (laughs) got to say, Hey, (laughs) Hey, stepdad. Um, I just put an offer on a house surprise, by the way, I feel like I'm going to throw up and I'm really like every choice I've ever made in life, specifically this one, like, should I take it back? And he goes, I did the same thing. (laughs) He's like, (laughs) he thinks he did throw up. And so that was the only time I didn't let fear get in the way. I didn't call it back, but I think that was the first time I ever felt the fear and the weight of a choice and felt like I couldn't take it back. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And I would say that there have been moments in my life that I let fear dictate it, but I try mm -hmm. not to. I I definitely try not to do that. Uh, I think looking to the future, and this is probably going to be a huge episode, I feel like, um, but like, how do you define success when you're making a choice? Do you even bother to define success? I think, I mean, wow, that's such a loaded question. And once again, when you ask the question about how how long do you wait until you know if it was the right decision, when they close the casket, I don't know. <laughs> you know I mean, I and what this, is success? I, I read something on like a Tumblr Reddit post once where it was someone um, who was like a death doula or worked in hospice said that there is this one woman who is just all giggles and said it was just all so much fun as she passed. And I was like, I, I want that. Like, I want that too. <laughs> I want that. I'll take that. I'll have what she's having. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I hope I didn't freak anybody out. I just, I'm in this moment of, I'm, I'm trying to embrace the trade-offs in life um, while still pursuing my dream with like courage and resilience. Uh, and so hopefully everybody else is oh, kind beautiful. of thinking that way too. Yeah. I think that's beautiful. And I think that's wonderful to, to consider that. Do you want, are you pulling a card or do you want me to pull a card? Well, let me just quick, I'll pull a tarot card and Amy will right. if you'll interpret it next week. Yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh I got the three of cups, three ladies wow. dancing with the cups in their hands. Um, so uh, uh, my demeanor might affect your reading or other people's. It, I suddenly feel really good about my trade-off and everything's fine. Everything's fine. We'll see you in a week. <laughs> I think that's wonderful. All right. <laughs> Just wonderful pull a card. People. Just pull a card. If you have to make a choice, that's going to be the new thing for me. Pull a tarot card. <laughs> And I if you don't make, like it, pull a different one. <laughs> I make many of my choices with tarot in mind. Anyways, if this episode spoke to, to you or your soul, please share it with a friend. And if you have time, give us some love on your preferred platform with a rate, review, and subscribe. You can also reach out to us via Instagram and YouTube under The Brightly Podcast or via email at brightlypodcast at gmail.com. And with that, we hope you have a bright and beautiful day. Bye.